0: Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Danny Kennedy, and you're listening to episode number 45. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day uh, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, today is going to be a, a question and answer show. I put a post up inside my closed Facebook group a few days ago um, asking some asking people to basically comment any questions they had in regards to health, fitness, um, nutrition and wellness and all that type of stuff. Now we had a few comments back on the post um, but I also received a number of inboxes. Um, through Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat with some questions. So I'm looking forward to getting into today's show. If you do have any questions in the future, um, I will be trying to throw in a few of these Q&A um, style episodes every now and then. So be sure just to send them through um, regardless of whether you think the question is silly or not or, or how specific it may be. Um, all questions are welcome. So The first thing I wanted to cover today, and this is a question I got actually last night, is what I do um, for my warm-up and mobility work before a workout. Um, Now, this obviously depends on whether I'm training upper or lower body. Uh, So, I'll go through both. So, for an upper body session, what I like to do is I come into the gym, um, and for starters, I'll do a bit of rotator cuff work with some therabands, um, so internal and external rotation. I'll then grab a broomstick um, and I believe they're called shoulder dislocations but obviously that's not exactly what you want to be doing but basically grabbing out nice and wide on the broomstick and just kind of going back and forth from uh, over my head so over and back to really stretch out through the delts um, and also through the pecs. Um, From there, I'll then move on to some retraction work. So I like to hang from a chin-up bar, um, have a pretty loose grip and then just retract my shoulder blades. So I'm not doing pull-ups or chin-ups or anything like that, I'm just retracting the shoulder blades then letting them go loose and i repeat that for about 10 to 15 reps. After I've done that, whichever exercise that I'm starting on first, uh, I'll then go and do you know one to two, sometimes three warm-up sets. So for example, if it's a bench press on an upper body push day, I might start with just the bar for a set of 10 to 15 reps. Just to get the patterning right, I'll then put on a pretty light weight, so maybe 10 kilos each side, and do a set of, of 10 again, something higher reps, and then I'll gradually work or acclimate to my my working weight for my first exercise. Uh, another thing I've also been doing a little bit is, is a little bit hard to explain over a podcast, but I might make a video about it, is I like to stand up against a wall. So um, with my back against the wall, my hips are pushed up against the wall. Um, I also have the back of my palm, my elbows, and my shoulder blades all making contact with the wall. From there... Kind of pull my elbows down and then press them up. Press my hands up above my head, as high as I can, keeping all three points um, in contact with the wall to really warm up again the rotator cuff, uh, rotator cuffs, sorry, um, scapula, and just get the shoulders and chest um, kind of open before I start my upper body session. Now for a lower body session, it's slightly different. So when I come in for a lower body, first thing I do is I jump on a foam roller. Um, And I also usually bring in a spiky ball or the cross ball or something like that. I'll spend five minutes on the foam roller, usually working through the ITBs, quads, hamstrings, lower back and glutes. Sometimes calves, depending on whether or not they're tight. After that, I'll then do activation. Uh, Sorry, after that, I'll do mobility. So I usually mobilize lower back, um, uh, ankles, all that type of stuff uh, before... Before I uh, before I go into my activation work, so a big focus in that mobility goes into lower back and hips. Then with the activation, I'll use uh, some type of of TheraBand, like a glute band. I'll start with that around my ankles, um, do some type of crab walk movements to really activate the glutes. Then put it up above my knees. I might do a set of squats, um, some, more, some more glute activation, maybe some clam shells and whatnot. And then the same as the upper body, I'll then acclimate into uh, whatever working weight I'm doing for the first exercise. So usually that would be uh, either a squat, a, a variation of a deadlift, um, or even a Romanian deadlift if I'm targeting hamstrings, work up to my working weight, and then, and then off we go. And then to finish off my workouts, I always like to do a little bit of static stretching, uh, and then jump on the foam roller as well. So I'll probably I'd usually jump on the foam roller first. Uh, spend about five minutes on there again, and then static stretching uh, to finish off the workout. So that was the first question. I've, I've actually got that one a little bit lately. I do have a few videos on my YouTube channel, um, which is Danny Kennedy Fitness. If you'd like to check them out in regards to glute activation, uh, hip mobility, and uh, some some warm up exercises you can be doing before your workouts. Um, so if you'd like to check them out. Feel free to go to my YouTube channel and um, and have a look through those. Second question I got is: Am I going to the Arnold Classic this year? And yes, I will be going to the Arnold Classic, which I am looking forward to. So last year I did go. Um, so in 2016 I went to the Arnold, um, but I was I was working at the Arnold, so I didn't really didn't really get to see a great deal of the expo itself. So I'm really looking forward to this year, and it's always awesome awesome vibe and awesome atmosphere when you've got some of, like, the top athletes, um, you know, and, and some big names at the, at the expo because cause it's got such a good reputation now. You see a lot of the big-name athletes come out, so that's always good. Um, and, and also just getting to go around and have a look at some, some new gym equipment and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think the best part is getting to connect with people um, that either you haven't met before that are interested in the same thing that you are, but also I get to catch up with a lot of friends um, I've got I've got some really good friends in Sydney that I don't get to see a lot, but they're always here for the expo and stuff. So um, yeah, definitely going to be there. Looking forward to training and stuff throughout that period as well. I usually head down to, to Doherty's in Melbourne. There's always um, a really good vibe down there and plenty of people training um, throughout that whole weekend. So it's, it's going to be great. Really looking forward to it. Next question is, is creatine monohydrate only for those looking to put on muscle? Um, and should creatine be used in both on and off season so this is one that I've covered before but I do get this question a lot so I'll go through it again so with creatine monohydrate I would highly recommend using it year round Um, so I don't recommend doing a a load a maintenance and then deload type um, type phase I just stick to 5 grams so one serving every single day um, regardless of whether I'm in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus or um, also referred to as on and off season so um going into a calorie deficit so if you're trying to get lean and you haven't been using creatine um, before you started then maybe it's not a great idea because it will throw your weight off a little bit um, and that can probably, it's not going to do any, do any harm um, but it's probably more of a mental thing not seeing the scales dropping um, can usually cause people to make some drastic changes so I would recommend if you're in a surplus now, get onto your creatine monohydrate 5 grams per day and then just stay with that year round Absolutely no need to cycle off it. No need to load or anything like that. Um, But but that's my recommendation. Um, Does it have any side effects? Look, I think excessive amounts of creatine over an extended period of time would have some side effects. Um, I haven't really looked into it too much. But in regards to using it, um, the standard dosage um, consistently, no. There's there's really nothing to worry about there um, at all. Uh, Next question is... Staple foods that you'll always have on hand. So, I like to make sure that I always have um, some form of of protein that I can that I can have um, if I need it. Obviously, so uh, I'll usually always have some form of uh, whey protein isolate um, in my gym bag or or with me at work or maybe a protein bar or something like that. But I'm not too sure whether this question was aimed at just stuff that I have with me all the time or just staple foods that I like to have from day to day. So from day to day, you know my protein sources usually are um, uh, skinless chicken breast, tuna or white fish, um, some lean red meat, so some some form of steak, kangaroo, um, whey protein isolate, Greek yogurt, eggs. So I keep it a pretty wide range of food um, choices for my protein source. Um, For carbohydrates, um, I eat a lot of fruit, so apples, bananas, um, berries and stuff like that. Uh, A lot of rice, so usually have white or brown. Um, Not a great fan of brown rice, um, but I'll still throw it in there from time to time. Potatoes, um, regular or sweet potato. I eat a lot of rice cakes. Um, At the moment, I'm in a calorie surplus, so I do throw in some higher Higher GI carbohydrates around my workout time, so whether that be lollies or um, even pop tarts and things like that. Um, even though I'm still keeping my sugar intake relatively moderate uh, around workout times, I like to have those fast acting fast acting carbohydrates. Um, what else would I have for carbs? Um, like muesli and, and oats and, and that type of stuff as well. All the pretty stock standard um, staple carbohydrate foods i like to eat in fats i'm pretty pretty um my list is relatively small so i eat a lot of nut butters um a lot of nuts in general um so like uh, oven roasted almonds and all that type of stuff i use cooking oil from time to time um especially if i'm in a surplus and i'm just trying to get my calories up a little bit um but other than that really if i'm getting pro uh, sorry fat from from egg from egg yolk and stuff uh but other than that i don't really I don't really like avocado or anything like that. I don't eat a ton of cheese or stuff like that. So the fat that I'm getting is either from um, nuts, really, cooking oils, or um, you know maybe maybe some some uh, fat from the meats that I'm eating. But other than that, it's really just a byproduct of of the other foods, um, the other foods that I'm eating. Um, next question. Um, could you talk about resistance bands for exercises um, on various muscle groups, pull downs, rear delts? Um, so I, I'm a pretty big fan of using resistance bands in your training program. One thing I really like about them is that there is resistance against the um, the working muscles throughout the whole movement, unlike using a barbell or a dumbbell, where you really just your resistance is on that concentric phase. And the eccentric, usually um, not a great deal of resistance. Whereas with the band, similar to a cable or something, I guess, um, you've got that resistance throughout the whole rep. I also like them, f- especially for traveling. Whenever I travel, I usually always take a resistance band with me. Um, it's just so easy so easy to get it out. Obviously, they're, they're usually pretty light, easy to, easy to pack. They don't take up too much space. And there's so much you can do with them. Upper body, lower body, um, a lot of core work with resistance bands. Um, so I would, I would highly recommend throwing them in your in your program in some way or another. Even if you just phase them in and phase them out, or if not, definitely take them with you when you travel. Uh, usually with resistance bands, I'll keep the, the reps relatively high. Um, one of my go-to exercises, pretty much in in every core workout or in every lower body workout, is a power-off press and that's with a resistance band every time. So I think they're extremely beneficial um, and well worth having inside your your program for sure. Next question is, what are my current macros um, versus what I will be before I shred down or what I am at comp time? So my current macros at the moment, um, well, my calorie intake, I'm trying to hit around 4,000. So that leaves my, my macros at around about 220 protein or maybe slightly above. Um, fats are about 100 grams and above and carbohydrates are up around that 500 gram mark. Um, in the past, you know, the most the most calories I've ever got to um, maintaining, if not losing weight, was actually 6,000 calories. Um, that was pretty full on. That was when I was playing basketball full-time um, and training full-time, sorry. And um, yeah, I was just Chewing through basically anything that I was eating, uh, my metabolism was just burning it up straight away. So um, that was up to six thousand then. But at the moment, yeah, like I said, I'm around four thousand, which has left me at a pretty good body fat percentage. Um, doing very minimal conditioning, um, cardio, and um, lifting five to six times a week. So you know, by the time I cut down, I plan to start my prep um, at some stage in June this year. Um, looking to compete maybe around September, um, so that'll give me 14 to 16 weeks, um, around about 14 to 16 weeks before uh, I step on stage. So I hope to be up around kind of four and a half thousand maybe by then. I'll keep slowly reverse dieting up depending on what my body weight does. But you know, if I'm putting on weight at a slow and steady rate now and still getting stronger, um, you know, I'll just keep my calories exactly where they are. Obviously, I do want to push them a little bit higher so my metabolism, my my resting. Um, my maintenance level, sorry, my maintenance calorie intake is higher when I start my prep, meaning I'll be able to diet down on a high intake of food, um, which is obviously a good thing and that's what I aim to do between each comp is reverse diet to the point where my starting point when I when I cut down next is a lot higher, meaning that I'm losing weight eating more food. Um, so, so yeah, by the time I start my prep, I hope to be around 4,500 calories. Um, and then when I, the last few comps, my, my end macronutrient intake or calorie intake has been around um, anywhere between kind of 2,200 and 2,000 I would say 700 at its highest um, on average probably around 2,400, 500 so um, you know for some people that's a lot of calories for myself you know as I just mentioned I maintain weight at around 4,000 um, so 2,200 um, is extremely low for me. You know, It's almost half my calorie intake now. So, um, yeah, it just depends, depends how well the prep goes. Hopefully, uh, by the time I get to comp ready and absolutely shredded and, and really lean um, before my next competition, I'll still be eating a good amount of food um, and that'll be a good indicator of a, a really good off-season, which I think I've had. Um, I've put a lot of time and effort into making sure I've uh, um, you know, been eating in a calorie surplus Growing, taking care of my metabolism this off season. So next time I, I prep, and next time I step on stage, I look a lot better. So that'll be the test. We'll have to see how we go, but um, I think it's been pretty successful so far. My um, goals for the future, um, for example, one year, five years, ten years. Um, so my I guess my immediate goal or short term goal um, for this year is to to grow grow my online coaching business. Um, I have. You know, specific numbers that I want to hit um, specific targets which I won't go into detail on the on the podcast but you know the, the main things I'm focusing on this year' short term is to to win a show um, win a, a regional show um, when I compete at the end of the year um, I'd like to compete internationally again this year so if I do that I'd really like to place um, internationally. Um, with my business, like I said, I've got certain numbers I want to hit with my online coaching. I, you know, I'm really pushing that really hard. and putting out a lot of content. Um, for example, with the podcast, so podcast um, that you guys are listening to now is a goal of mine to really grow that to a, an extremely large um, listener base, a, a extremely large amount of subscribers, so I can reach more people um, and really help more people and get some some really good feedback and interesting people on the show to try and cover as many areas of health and fitness as I can. I don't want to make it too specific, um, but I just want to be able to help as many people as I can. So to grow that, um, continue growing my social media like Instagram and and YouTube for that same reason again, to be able to reach more people. Um, And yeah, business-wise, obviously, as I said, I've got some numbers that I want to hit by the end of the year. Um, You know, five to 10 years' time, look, I want to get to the point where, um, you know, I'm kind of known as one of um, the go-to guys, um, not only in Australia, but in the world for health and fitness. And, you know, I believe I can do that. I just got to keep keep doing what I'm doing at the moment, putting out content, keep learning, um, never kind of get satisfied with where I'm at, and just keep pushing the, the boundaries as much as I can. Um, you know, I'm working my ass off at the moment, and, you know, I I know what my goals are, and uh, and I've just got to make sure that I'm sticking to the plan and and sh- coming up with the right strategies to make sure i get there properly and just continue to learn as i mentioned so i guess they're my kind of long longer term goals in regards to business and and compete in in regards to competing look i'm I'm never going to be making a living off competing it's more of a hobby for me Um, but i would like to you know eventually maybe gain a sponsorship by a, a supplement company and be able to uh, travel the world and stuff with health and fitness. Um, I'd like to do a lot more photo shoots. Uh, one of my main goals with health and fitness is to one day get a cover um, of, a, of a health and fitness magazine. So, you know, there's some long-term goals, I guess. Um, there are there are a few more things, but I won't, as I mentioned, I won't go into too much detail. Um, in regards to my goal setting, I do go through my goals every single morning and every single night. Um, i write them down. Um, specifically for this 12-month block, so for 2017. um, But I have have got written down my long-term goals as well. So um, for those of you that are listening, if you have, you know, know, whether it be short-term, long-term goals, be kind of aware of those as much as you can, you know. Be able to see those, visualize them as much as you can because it really does make a big difference compared to writing them down on January 1st and then revisiting them. Um, at the end of, end of December this year and going, you know, well, kind of forgot about that or I didn't really work on that or, um, you know, it's all right, I'll just do that again next year and trying to get that next year. Because, But if you're seeing them every single day, you, you're aware of them, you visualize them, you're, you're constantly thinking about them that you're a lot more likely to achieve those goals. So that kind of went a bit off track there. But yeah, they're, they're a few of my goals at the moment. Um, Good book suggestions. Um, I think I might have done this. Maybe I did that in a video, but uh, I think I might have done this one recently. But a couple of really good books. Um, The first one, uh, the first two, sorry. Uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and The Greatness Guide by Robin Sharma. They are two of my favorite books. Uh, Next one, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. I've only just recently finished that, but that was unreal. Uh, Another one is The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Um, and the last one, I can't remember exactly who it was written by, um, but it's called Life in Half a Second, which which I really, really enjoy. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're my suggestions for good books. Um, what else have we got? I'll finish this off with this question here. Um, a couple of examples of hit training sessions that you use um, in your program or with your clients. So uh, let me think. You know, I like to keep things relatively simple. If we're, if we're talking about, you know, obviously a high-intensity circuit is really good where you're covering all muscle groups. You're doing a lot of full-body exercises. But I think some of the exercises that I like to use in a conditioning circuit or a hit circuit um, is obviously sprinting, whether that be, be outside just doing regular sprints or whether that be um, a deadmill sprint where you leave the treadmill off and hold on to the rail at the front of the treadmill and sprint against the belt or whether that be on a form runner um, or with a sled. So sled pushes are fantastic. Battle ropes, uh, the rower, spin bike, medicine ball slams. Like they're extremely good. Medicine ball slams are extremely good full body conditioning exercise. Um, so if you want to see a few of my actual examples of HIIT workouts, you can download um, my uh, 10 hit workouts for, for maximum fat loss off my website. Um, you can actually get that for free, so go to DannyKennedyFitness.com com and you can pick up that uh, ebook um, for free with ten hit workouts in it last question i 'll cover is who am I getting on my podcast in the near future uh, so in, in the next couple of weeks, I hope to have alex pendlebury on we 're going to talk about um, eating disorders uh, and how to recover from an eating disorder also a few healthy recipes and, and a little bit more detail just about nutrition in general so that 's going to be really good Alex. Um, is extremely knowledgeable and um has you know learned from some some really really knowledgeable people um and obviously puts that into practice as well so that'll be really cool um i am doing a a episode on meditation it's just been extremely hard to to um schedule it in with the person i'm doing with um but you can expect to hear an episode on meditation in the very near future um other than that guys i've got you know like there's there's at least a handful of people um that i'm in communication with at the moment to get on the podcast which i know you guys are going to absolutely love so um keep your ears out for that if this is your first episode please do um subscribe to the podcast if you've enjoyed it um as always leave a review if you can every little bit of uh, you know every review and um and rating you leave on the podcast does help. I appreciate you listening today. Uh, Look forward to bringing you next week's episode. Uh, Again, hope you're having a great day. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat to you in next week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast.